Welcome to the Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith. Today's episode is sponsored by KB's Car Camp on 321 North Main Street in Jonesville, South Carolina. They offer hand car wash, vacuum, and clean interior. Full detail is also available. Wait on your vehicle, customer seating is available, as well as the dining area. They're open Tuesday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., so make sure you stop by. Also, today's episode is sponsored by Charlene's Home Cooking on 1136 East Blackstock Road in Moore, South Carolina. Charlene's, Charlene's Home Cooking is a family restaurant that cooks like grandma with fresh veggies and meats cooked to order. You can do a meat with two sides, a meat with three sides, or a veggie plate, along with sweet tea, Kool-Aid, and lemonade. Cakes, pies, and cobbler are also available for dessert. She wants you to feel at home anytime you visit, so stop by Monday, Thursday, and Saturday from 11 to 6, and Friday and Sunday from 11 to 7. Everything is fresh and from the heart, so make sure you stop by and visit Miss Charlene, who I actually saw earlier this morning on the way down here. Um, I mean, I love that lady. She, uh, we just had a great conversation. Um, she just always wishing us well. Um, she, was, she was one of the people that actually supported us while we were on our tour, the self-investment tour, which we are actually on right now, kind of finishing what we started last year. Um, down here in King Street, South Carolina, one of my favorite people. I love to watch her social media, oh, love wow. her personality, the energy that she brings. Um, she has a lot of nicknames. You call her Sue Ham, <laughs> aka the Thug Motivator. Entrepreneur, Miss Lundy Hammond, how are you? Good, man. It is so great to have you back here in Williamsburg County, specifically King Street, South Carolina. Absolutely. We enjoyed it. I mean, this is, uh, I think we were talking right before we started this interview. It was almost about a, about a year and a half since we yeah. shot the last interview. And we were saying how we were just down in the other building yes. when we first shot our first interview. And now you have your own building. So it's amazing to see that that journey. It's, uh, it's a great feeling. But it's like I said, it's good to see you again. Good to it's be seen. It's been way too long. You know, I, I try to stay in touch with my people. I know we both have things going on. But... Um, it's just good to see you again because you always bring me so much joy and I love the energy that you bring. So thank you for um, taking the time to sit with us again today. Oh man, my pleasure. It's good to see you. I keep up with your journey because you're doing amazing things, traveling all across the U.S., interviewing the most intriguing people. So, Absolutely. you know, I love it. I, I love it, man. That's one of my favorite things just to, you know, always be able to have the opportunity to sit with a lot of people and, and learn different things and hear their story and their journey because... Everybody has something that they went through to get mm-hmm. to where they are. Nobody just made reach this level of success without going through anything. So um, it's a, it's always just a pleasure to just be in front of the be in the presence of so many people, with brilliant minds. And um, so I'm just thankful that you were able to join us. But since the last time um, we we were here here <laughs> in King Street, what, what's what's been going on? What's the latest? Dude, there's been so much going on from health to politics to business. It's it's amazing. Um, First and foremost, just thankful to be alive and well. Um, when we last saw each other, I didn't have this beautiful studio, so I've been blessed to have this studio. studio. Thank you. Thank you so much. So glad to be able to host y'all in here, because right. um, this is one of the reasons why we bought it. Um, then also, you know, I had a health scare. Uh, mm-hmm. I had colon cancer surgery, which um, was able to remove all of the colon. I'm healthy. I'm happy. Yeah. Um, ran for office. Uh, mm-hmm. We were victorious. I'm now a council person here of District 5. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Got a grandson. It's just That's so awesome. much has happened. And, you know, um, in light of COVID, the transition of a presidential, can- you know, presidents, we so much has gone on. But just glad to be here still doing the thing that we love. Mm-hmm. I, I want to go to that when you had the colon cancer. I remember I, I remember that one vividly because I mm-hmm. – I, um, it was this was right at the time when I saw your video where you were saying you were sick and you were in the hospital and finally you had colon cancer. I had just got an email or received an email email um, about an opportunity to um, 
working with the Source Magazine. Mm. So that's when I, I ended up doing the freelance with them um, for CIAA last year with the Source Magazine, which was a great opportunity. But I remember receiving that email and I was excited. And then next day, you know, I saw a video where you were saying you, you had colon cancer. So that kind of brought my mood down. Oh, wow. And uh, I remember you just saying, you know, you wanted, like, positive energy. You wanted great spirits around you. You didn't want anybody to come around you sad and everything. Mm-hmm. But that one right there, it, it kind of, that, that really hurt me because I was like, man, we just, I remember I was talking to you earlier in the year, and you were just, uh, just full of energy and full of life. And then when I saw that, it kind of had me in a, in a somber mood. But I'm thankful that you're still here and you're healthy. Me too, man. It's, but, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's, uh, I went through a period where I had a little guilt because my father had colon cancer, and unfortunately he transitioned. Mm-hmm. Um, he was only 56 years old. So I felt a little guilt because I was like, man, why am I still here and he's not? And then, you know, I just had to get through that phase and just realize that there's still more work for me to do. And um, so instead of feeling guilty or worrying about why I'm here and he's not, make the best of my time. Right. And um, I just have a new perspective. I got fresh eyes and I feel differently about things. You it know? makes you absolutely appreciate life a whole lot more. Because um, it's like you, you never know. It's like so many things that we, we always take for granted. And it's just like, you know what? It's always somebody that has it worse. Like Correct. Any, anything. So it's just Correct. like you, you always have to kind of put things in perspective. Because sometimes, um, I hate to say it, but a lot of times people, we, we can get spoiled at times. Yeah, we can whine, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> complain. <laughs> what, what would you say was like the biggest um, thing you learned from that from that situation when you when you find out you were diagnosed with colon cancer. Positive mindset is everything. A positive mental attitude will mm-hmm. help you win the day. Um, even when there were thoughts that crept in sometimes that said, "Oh my God, my dad didn't make it. How do I expect to make it?" I would kill that thought, and so I realized that I could only tell a certain amount of people. Um, what was going on in my life, and I could trust them to keep a positive mental attitude with me and to pray for me. So my thing was to stay positive, to just keep telling myself I'm coming back. I've I got a lot of unfinished business to do, and um, I made a promise. I was like, God, you let me come back from this. I promise, I, you know, I, I'm going to be fruitful and multiply. I'm going to help as many people as I can, um, but I just need more time. Mm-hmm. So. And what was it like? Were you all was it just like a, all of a sudden like you were just feeling sick, or was it just anything, or what? How well, could you tell? It's so funny because for the past three years I've been having issues with my stomach, um, mm-hmm. indigestion, and and whatnot. And it was like anything I would eat, it would really bother me. So I had my colon, not my colon. I had my gallbladder removed in 2016, thinking that that was the issue. Um, lo and behold, I still had difficulties. I'd actually even gone into the emergency room a couple of times because the pain was so severe. And um, so that's what happened on this particular night, December 29, 2019. I had severe pain in my stomach. Um, I was uh, vomiting for hours. And, you know, me being a former Marine, I was at home trying mm-hmm. to tough it out. And then it got to the point where I couldn't take it anymore. And I drove myself to the hospital. And uh, they thought, again, that it was just, you know, uh, gas and and whatnot, and I was like, no, you gotta do a scan. There's something going on with me, this, this is something serious. And they did the scan, and that's when they found the, um, the, the mass, and turns out it was stage two, and thankfully I didn't have to do chemo or, or radiation or anything, but I right. did have to go in for surgery, but apparently there was a blockage going on that caused me to have so much pain, and they did a colonoscopy into the CAT scan and found out that it was colon cancer. So, so just to say that I had been having pains for about three years, mm-hmm. right? 
So in my mind, I'm thinking this thing was already growing in that three years, but yet my father only had pain for like three, four months and he transitioned. So again, in my mind, I'm like, whoo, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so many messages, listen to your body, you know, Absolutely. Uh, and I got to get better with this. Have a better diet, what you put into your mouth. Right. Mm -hmm. And don't take time for granted. Absolutely. And I think especially people. Even young people, you think you, you'll live forever. Yes. You still have to take care of yourself. Like, a lot of times, we just have to, you know, sometimes we're, we're on the go so much. We, you know, we do anything. And I think one of the guys, one of my coworkers, I remember him telling me, like, a lot of times, perfect sense, like, a lot of times, we'll take better care of our car than we will our own Ooh. bodies. And that's that's the truth. It's like you really have to, you know. That's the, true. The things you eat, working out, um, for me, reading, I do a lot of reading now. Yeah. Like I, I can honestly say I read more now than when I was in college. You know, the self, the self educated, self educating myself, that's been a very big part for me. But I'm always, you know, I'm trying to, you know, do eat healthier as well. Right. Um, me too. <laughs> like for me, I, I, I said it previously on other episode on other podcasts. I um, I don't. Well, I've been cut out like pork. I don't really mess with pork for uh, just for me. It's just something that I try to stay away from. But um, I still have a hard time with like the the ribs. I mean, not ribs. I mean steak, steak and like yeah. and chicken, like yeah. lemon pepper wings from Wingstop. Yeah, that's one of my uh, one of the things I have a hard time getting away from. But you know, for me, it's just all definitely about you know staying healthy, and, and we have to encourage our people to you know go go take care of yourself, go to the doctor because a Get lot the of checkups. Times, we may have like a little ache and we just try to ignore it and then we wait till it's like really bothers us and yeah. then we try to go but we definitely have to take better care listen of to your body yeah absolutely well let, let's move on um you also said like we said we were at the studio we're down the hall at the other building last time when we get the studio how did that come about it was like how did you know it was time for you you were ready to you know get your own well man building? it's so funny you know i have been saying it for a long time putting it in the atmosphere i want a studio i want a studio and um, but I had been saying it. Mm -hmm. I hadn't been following it up with any action. You know what I'm saying? And I do believe in speaking things into existence, Absolutely. right? But I also do believe that it's got to be followed with some consistent action. And so just one day, I don't know, I, I was coming back um, from a, a speaking engagement in San Diego, and I was just looking at how they filled the room with people and the energy, and and I was just like, what am I waiting on? And so I aggressively sat out and started looking for empty buildings here. Um, weren't a lot. Um, and I actually came across this building and I was just like, I don't know why, but I just feel like it's supposed to be here. And so, um, it was vacant. We actually moved in with ease and, um, that's how it, that's how it transpired. Mm -hmm. and, and literally I'm serious after years of saying, I want the she studios, Suham entertainment studios, literally just coming back from a plane ride from an event and just taking action. It all happened because mm -hmm. it was waiting on me. A lot of times people say they're waiting on a specific uh, event to happen or a specific person or for God, but everything is waiting on you and things, things happen when you move. Absolutely. And I want you to speak on that even more because we, we, we hear this a lot on, on the podcast, you know, putting in the work and, and speaking things into existence. Like, you never realize, for me, when I first started out, I didn't realize how much power, like, your words really have. Yes. And you really have to be mindful of the things you say. That's why I, I try to encourage people now and say, you know, 2021 will be a great year. Yes. Um, don't let anybody tell you anything different because it's really all about perspective and the things mm -hmm. that you say. If, if you keep putting negative things in your mind, then that's continuously what you will see. But just, but just talk about that a little bit more about, you know, 
the power that your words really have and like your thoughts become things. Well, you know, if if uh, whether you uh, subscribe to what the Bible says or not, you know, God spoke and things happen. Mm -hmm. And if you look at life now, whether you know it or not, when you're speaking things, things happen. You'll look back. If you really keep a diary, when you write things and you speak things, they begin to uh they began to take form, they began to move, and before long they began to manifest. And I never really paid attention to that. I just remember going through life at a younger age saying things, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. And then getting into my 40s and going back and looking at my diary, I was like, wow, those things actually came to pass. And sometimes I didn't really have to do a lot of action. It was just simply me saying, I want this, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to see this person, or, or you know. And it would happen. Mm -hmm. And so when I started paying attention to those little things, I was like, wow, if I can make that happen with little things, imagine what I can make happen with big things. But words do have power. It's just like um, if I wake up and I'm not feeling my best, if I just continue to say, oh, this is a horrible day, it's my day continues to go day. down. <laughs> it goes down freaking hill. Mm -hmm. But if I shift on a dime and say, oh, man, you know what? I'm thankful. I'm happy. This is a great day. It's going to continue to get even better. It's amazing how things start to shift with me. That energy mm -hmm. moves with me when I'm saying it's taking form and I'm believing it and I'm walking towards it and it starts to manifest. So words are very powerful, whether it's in the written form, whether it's your in auditory form or um, whether you're thinking it. Thoughts are powerful. Thoughts it become is. things. So you got to be careful of what you say, what you think and what you do. Exactly. When I, as I can say, when I first started, like I always had a positive mindset. I've always been determined. But you know, at times you you have those moments where you're down. Yeah. But you know, when when I started, like I said, when I started reading and, and I started educating myself, you know, it was like this one book I just recently read. Um, it's called the the Magic of Thinking Big. Yes. And one of the best great yes. books I, I picked up. But it's like the words and the things that you put in your mind and your spirit. Um, it's just so powerful, and it's just like just to dream big mm -hmm. and, and not don't don't think small. About, don't worry about the small things in life, and just putting things into into mm -hmm. perspective. I mean, of course, life is gonna happen, but you cannot let that stuff hold you down because if you do, it's, it's just gonna be a long journey. It's gonna be a long. But it's just so so much so many things that you like just a positive thought. That's why I'm always determined now. Like even when I see people post. Negative things online sometimes, you know, I always try to come back and just say 2021 will be a great year. Don't let anybody take, tell you anything yeah. different. Just be positive because, I mean, I, I, for me, I feel like part of my responsibility is, and, you know, is for me to encourage people mm -hmm. and, you know, push them in, and elevate them and do, to be the best that they can be. Because um, I, I just, it just rubs me the wrong way. I, I don't like to see people, you know, struggling. I know people are down and depressed for, for many different reasons. So, um if any way I can inspire people, that's I feel like that's part of what I'm here for. Part of you your know, journey, to, right? Part of my journey is yeah. just to elevate people and inspire people. So it's just like I always be mindful of of the things that you that you um, say because yeah. um, your words have so much power. So much power, and like for me, because I aspire to write great stories that inspire people to do great things, and so I used to doubt myself. And then one of the things I did was I started saying every morning, I'm a powerful storyteller. You know, I, I, I impact people and inspire people. And I just kept saying that out loud and I kept thinking it and I write it. It's on my vision board. And then a funny thing happened is I started attracting people into my life that could help me with writing better stories. I started having better ideas. I started building more confidence. So um, back to your point, words 
are extremely powerful, mm-hmm. extremely powerful. Absolutely. In your actions, the things that you do, um, like I said, I, I had so many people that would reach out to me. Um, it, was, it was just recently, maybe uh, maybe a couple weeks ago, somebody that I didn't even know said, hey, I, I seen you online. I went mm-hmm. to a Men of Vision Summit. It was a young lady there. She was like, hey, I think we're friends on Facebook. I didn't even know who she was. And she was like, I, I love what you're doing. You know, keep keep doing a great job. That, that means a lot to me to know mm-hmm. people are, are paying attention. And, and it's like, I just, like I said, I feel like it's part of what I'm supposed to do is just, you know, encourage people and inspire You do it well, them. man. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. You do it well. And there's so many people that you encourage and inspire that are not even reaching out to you. So um, Les Brown says, it's hard to see the picture when you're inside the frame. So sometimes, mm. you know, we wonder if we're really making a difference, if we're really reaching people, if the work that we're doing is not in vain. And what I want to say to you is it's not in vain. You know, a lot because from one creative to another, sometimes I'm like, man, is this even worth it? Right. You know, am I helping somebody really? But you're helping so many more people that are not even coming forward. And, and just know that your work is not in vain. Absolutely. And it, it makes me feel good. And I can also say now, I do feel like I see more, like, people investing in themselves, like, mm-hmm. before I even started. It's now, for some reason, it just seems like more people are, or doing whatever that is on the sides, like they just really doesn't enjoy that make doing. you feel good? Yeah, and, I'm like, <laughs> and I know I can't take credit for it, but I, I just like. But you like, I, I know I had a little hand yeah, in something. that. Something like I feel like I had something that kind of like encouraged these people to, you know, yeah. push them to say, I want to invest in myself um, because, like I said, like we named uh, name our business more than a job. And the, the mm-hmm. cross line podcast is podcast is a fun to that, but it's and it's all about um, when people ask me what it means. It's like it's just finding your purpose. Um, and investing yourself, you know, the money, money, okay, money just comes and goes. It will. It's just an exchange. Um, but it's just about um, fulfilling your purpose while you're here because it's like yes. you said, life is so short and, and a lot of times we take it for granted and we, we worry about things that really don't even matter at times. Uh, I remember um, we, when we flew to Jacksonville for our interview, mm-hmm. i never forget when, we, when I first- This is your first time on the plane, right? My first See, time I was on following, plane. I'm following yeah, your journey. Yeah. And, 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 and I honestly, when I, when I made that clip, it, it made me share a tip because it, that meant a lot to me because um, I know um, Ben Hall is one of my favorite people I, that I've encountered on my journey. And he, he just spoke life into me. And he told me previously, two years before that even happened, he said, mm. It's going to be a special moment because when you get up there, you're going to look down and see all those buildings. They, they seem so big from the ground, but when mm. you look up, they're going to seem so small. And he said, that's how life is because a lot of times we wow. make big issues out of things that are so small. That's deep. He said, just look down. So when I sat by the window and I looked down, I was like, you know what? He told me this was going to happen. That's and this deep. was like two years before it ever even happened. Wow. And it's just like, man, that, that meant so much to me. It's like sometimes I feel like it's, it almost feels like sometimes people can see things in you that you may not even see in yourself. And I was like, man, it's it's crazy that how it, how exactly how we said it, and it just came came to fruition. It's, it's That's like, one of those amazing. good moments, though, when you just and, and then it, it's just it's indescribable, kind of like you just like wow. But it's what you need at that time to even help you to catapult you to an even different level, so that you can help even more people. Absolutely. So th- so those it's those type of things that let me know, you know. I, I can't stop. Like we had, just have to keep going. So, Absolutely. So we're still going. We're going to continue to make our rounds across the line. Podcast won't be going anywhere. But um, I want. I want to ask you also, uh, County Council. Like, 
how did that situation come about? Like, what made you decide that you <laughs> wanted to run for county council? Was it District Five? District Five. District 5. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually started getting involved in politics in 2012 when I um, actually helped this individual. He was running for Senate, and I had never really been actively involved in politics. I had voted before, but that was about it, right? And uh, then I really started learning that local politics is really very important. important. Everybody's concerned about who the president is, but really it's the local politics that really help um, people, especially in rural small towns like where I'm located, you know? And it's the, it's your mayors, it's your, your, your supervisors of the town or your town administrators, your county council, your city council, that's having the impact on where you live. And because I live here and a part of my journey is trying to inspire people and impact the lifestyle of people that live here, I was like, man, um, I'm fortunate, I'm blessed to be able to reach a lot of people, but I want to have more seats at the table. I want to have Absolutely. more access to more knowledge, to more resources so that I can help even more people. I want to be in a position because I've never been about power or authority or title, right? None right. of that stuff matters to me. Um, so I just wanted to amplify my efforts that I was doing outside of office by getting into office and having access to more resources to make an even bigger difference. Absolutely. And um, that's how that came about. And for me, I'm, I'm like I said, I, I'm not like a, a politician. I, I'm, I mean, I try to pay attention to a little bit of it, but it's just so much stuff and a lot of times. But you know what's so funny? I don't consider myself a politician. Really? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm sorry. I just don't con um, because I think most people associate tricks and lies and deceit mm -hmm. with poli politicians. And so I don't associate myself with that. I associate myself as like a servant that happens to be in a position that is... Um, able to serve and help more people. And I think right. that if more politicians looked at those positions like that, the world would be a better place. But I'm not your traditional uh, politician. Yeah. And I can say, I don't, I honestly don't consider myself a Democrat or a Republican. To me, I just, I'm just like, who's going to do the best job? Correct. Who's going to do the right thing and, and get this country and steer this country in the right direction? Um, to me, I, I feel like that's part of it, part of like the division right there is you're a Democrat or you're a Republican, and Correct. then you have these certain beliefs. Because it's a lot of times, if you're a Democrat, there may be a Republican that has said some things that do make sense, mm -hmm. but you don't, you won't vote for them because they're Republican mm -hmm. and vice versa. So for me, I'm just like, who can do the best job and, and do the right thing? And even in our community, we have something we're doing now. We're getting ready to start back up for season two in a couple of weeks. It's called Union. It's time we talk, and it's just about educating our community on. Like who's who's running for office? Right. Um, the different things like uh, like some different uh, tax laws and th different things like that for like from financial standpoint, everything that people don't know about because, like you said, a lot of times we focus on just who's the president. We don't really pay attention to who's um, in office locally. Correct. And, and I can honestly say for me, before we started that, I if any of those people that the sheriff or anybody that was that was running. Um, had they walked by me, I wouldn't even knew who they were right. just because, like, I never really paid attention to them. But that's why I say, that, like you said, it is so important to uh, understand what's going on locally in your community. You know, I, I want to speak to your point, and this may be political suicide, but I'm just who I am. Um, it's so funny, but I never considered myself a Democrat or Republican either. I wanted mm -hmm. to run as an independent, but I also had to be smart about it. Unfortunately, um, in my county, it's a Democratic county. Um, and I just didn't have the time, and especially with COVID, to educate and 
to let people know what that independent meant. Um, because mm-hmm. there are people that are Republicans that identify with some of the things that they stand for, and there are people that are Democrats that right. that that some of the things they stand for I don't identify with. But I ran as a Democrat. But my thing is, it's not about party for me. It's about what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we can get rid of, par- which I wish we could, right. uh, get rid of parties. And I think we're going to move towards that with your generation, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, we're going to get rid of parties and realize it's not about parties. It's about who is going to do the job fairly and equitably. And right. um, that's what I'm looking forward to. And I think from the the, the past four years mm-hmm. up to now, I think it's... The last four years was something totally different. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was just something we never seen before. Like yeah. the from you didn't even have to have like experience. It almost felt like it was like a, a popularity contest. It was, and it was just like who who can grab the most eyes and you know rally that rally that fan base and you know the former president he did a, a great job with it. Not to, not trying to bash or anything, but that's one of the things I felt like he excelled at was you mm-hmm. know grabbing those headlines and, and mm-hmm. rallying his fan base and they. Like the past four four years ago, they ended up showing up for him. Right. And it is so funny you say that because, you know, we're both in media. Mm-hmm. And so I pay attention to that. And so, um, you know, I didn't agree with probably 85 percent of the stuff this man did. But I really love how he was able to use the media to grow his fan base. So I said, well, if we're on the opposite pole of that, right, why can't we use the media to promote good? You know, mm-hmm. and 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 spin things and and get people more involved. So I learned from him how he did Absolutely. that. Um, not just on the political front, but just from my business, how to grow my business and just getting to the eyes. Um, Grant Cardone says this. Um, Grant Cardone said, "It's not the best product that wins." He said, "Best known always beats best product," and I that's, live by that. That's true. I live by that. There are so many more people that are more capable of doing things that I do. But if they're not known, if they're the world's best kept secret, you know, hey, I'm going to win every time because I'm out there marketing myself and making sure people know who I am. So that's essentially what uh, President Donald J. Trump did. Um, Mm -hmm. Is he marketed himself? Uh, Because he definitely he definitely wasn't, in my opinion, when you go back and you look at the history of other people that have held that position, definitely wasn't the best qualified. Not at all. The the one thing. That that I did like about him, and whether it was good or bad, it, it was just like, and I I hate I'm glad that he didn't use the like ordinary like political PC po- politics talk. Like he just said what it was on his mind, right. like straightforward. Whether you believe it or not, he spoke his mind. Correct. Now, however, just because you speak your mind, it don't mean you can't put your foot in your mouth. He did that so several he, times. Yeah. So that that was the one thing that he and I and I felt like he kind of. Open a lot of people's eyes, and a lot of people will more openly, whether you disagree or not. Uh, some people may disagree. It was like it just seemed like more people were openly like whatever they felt was in their heart, racism or anything. They displayed it. They yeah, said they, it. They really displayed it. Yeah. Those those past four years. Yeah. And that's one thing that I felt like he kind of brought out of this country, like, and it really showed that was one of the biggest issues that we have in our country was. was it's ugly, man. Mm-hmm. It's like he gave them the right to be ugly, to not hide it anymore. So. Absolutely. It and was, it was a scary time. I, it was a rough time on social mm-hmm. media, and it, it, was was. A, it was a scary time to know that somebody could influence so many people like that. And I just said to myself, what if it was the opposite way around? Absolutely. What if we influence people to love and to create and to mm-hmm. laugh, you know, and, and to help each other and be kind instead of 
hate each other. Yeah, absolutely. And so. when we just saw what happened just a few weeks, and I, I don't want to make it all about him, but it's just like the things that we saw just a few weeks ago where that happened at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody with that that much power needs to have a lot more responsibility. In to the whom thing. much is given, much is required. Absolutely. So, yeah. so, so how do you balance everything that you have on your plate? Like you said, you, like Suham Entertainment, um, you, the plays, um, like running the district, uh, the council. Um, how do you handle all of this with so much on your plate now? Balance? Oh, that's, Balance. that's easy. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, man. Listen, I'm figuring this thing out. I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm getting ready to hire somebody because I need an assistant. Um, I missed a couple meetings already, and mm. I was just like, okay, yeah. Um, I need a little bit more balance. And just trying to understand this world where everything is almost Zoom now, you know. Right. I hate it. Because uh, I like interaction. Me you too. Know what I mean? That's why I was like, we had to come down here and do the interview because I, I hate the Zoom interviews. Yeah, I, I like interaction. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, I'm not really balancing it. I'm, I'm getting by. And I think, um, I think maybe in the next coming few months, I'll be able to balance a little more once I have a little extra help. And then also... Um, I just need to get a little bit more structure and rewrite my vision um, because without a vision you perish and just decide what it is I want to do, what I want to focus on, what days and just be very disciplined and and very, um, what's the word I'm saying, very, uh, you know, to the the, T, this is what I'm doing this time, this is what I'm doing this day, Mm -hmm. you know, and boom, stick to that. What what um what are some things that you look forward to uh, changing in, in your community? Uh, one of the thing biggest things I ran about I ran on because I don't think we can really change anything else until we do this, which is mindset. Um, I love the phrase "hope is greater than poverty" because uh, I believe that when you have hope, you can overcome anything. Mm. So definitely working on the mindset. Secondly, is um, helping business owners to create their businesses and ones that are already open, helping them to sustain and actually increase revenue. Thirdly, is the youth. Um, And this is not in any order other than mindset being number one, Mm -hmm. but definitely our youth, um, reaching them. And uh, it's not a whole lot of life here. You know, it's not a whole lot for kids to get in and be uh, involved in. And that's one of the things why I focus on the arts. So I want to help other people focus on their niche, what they're passionate about, because it might be somebody that can open up something that appeals to a youth that I'm not going to reach through the arts. Mm -hmm. So um, those are my things, the mindset, small businesses, the youth, helping other organizations get off their feet. So um, as we grow, then this small community can grow. And of course, education. Absolutely. E- education is paramount. Mm-hmm. Um, but not just getting the education, hopefully getting people to apply the education, do something with it. Absolutely. Why does, um, why does this town mean so much to you? Of course, I know it's home, but like, what is, it has to be something deeper. Like, why does this town like, mean so much to you? That's a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. That's a great question. I um, When I left home in 92, I said I was never coming back. <laughs> when I joined the military, right? It's like, I'll never come back. I came back in 2003, and I came back. It wasn't on my own. It was like I was being lured here. It was mm-hmm. like... Um, it's like God was just saying, you need to go back home um, to teach about finance and to do something with education and entertainment. And I'm like, King Street? You know, ain't nothing there. You know, I'm like, but I did. Um, And as I came back here, I looked and I was like, man, this place, man, is 
just so much that I saw, I looked through the eyes of possibility. I looked at what could be, you know, and I let that be greater than what is. Because what is, is sometimes very depressing. I was reading some comments online last night where a young lady said, man, oh my God, I stayed the night in King Street. And it was like one of the worst nights of her life. She couldn't find something to eat. It was dead. And that really hurt me, you know? And I was just like, wow. And I know I'm not the savior of this place, but I feel like God deposits people in certain places to help to to give life to help to uh, uh inspire other people so that we can join together and revive things you know so this place is important to me because i feel like i was led back here by god and secondly um every time i've tried to leave it's been shut down i mean literally doors have been closed and i'm the type of person carlos where usually when i want something i can go get it just like that Mm -hmm. But when I came here, it was like every avenue I tried to use to leave here, it was shut down. Mm. And so I was like, okay, does that mean I got to stay here and really do what you wanted me to do? And so I started doing those things. And lo and behold, all kind of stuff started opening up for me, you know, to the point where national TV appearances, you know, three times. Um, radio, TV interviews, uh, being in a movie, getting selected to work with Hollywood producers and stuff like that. And I'm just like, from King Street? So this place is important to me because I realized that when I was growing up, I didn't think that there was a future for me here. And that's why when I graduated, I ran and I said I would never come back. Mm -hmm. And I realized that the reason why I'm here is because it's important to show those young people that you can be from a small town, come back home and achieve every dream that you said you wanted to achieve while living in a small town. And so it's important to me to inspire people to live their dreams and to say, listen, don't let your environment or your circumstances or your finances or your educational level, your social economical level, none of that uh, serve as an excuse to stop you from living your dreams. Absolutely. And because we, we had this young man, because um, I, I see a lot of similarities in King Street to where I'm from. I'm from Jonesville, South Carolina, mm-hmm. which is right by Union, William Union County. And I remember um, during this time we talked, season one, we had a young man who had just graduated um, back in last year in May mm-hmm. from um, Union High School. And when we had him on, we were just asking, you know, why do so many, um, so many of the youth feel like once they graduate, they want to leave, leave Union, leave home? And, they, and one of the things he said was like, he just felt like it's a dead end. Mm-hmm. There's nothing for those kids to do. And it's just like, what, what, all, what can we do to, you know, kind of encourage these kids? Of course. Sometimes you do have to to, to move away for the, for those opportunities, but it's but it's some at some point, what is the community going to do to try to keep these people here and keep them in the community? Because a lot of times, like it's a lot of like you said, a lot of people feel like to be successful, um, you got to leave. You have to leave. Yeah. So how how do you think we can you know just overall just keep these keep the youth where they in the community even after college and when they come back home? Support the people that are here that are really trying to do something. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how it is in your town, but you would be surprised at um, the politics that are played in small towns. Oh, yeah. You know, so one of the biggest things that I've found is there's, there's a lot of politics that's played. People say that they want growth and they want things to change, but they only want it to grow and change on the scale that they want it to. Mm-hmm. It's got, you got to abide by their rules. 
And so I think that when you take the politics out and you really start caring about the people and really start inviting new ideas in and a new way of doing things, embracing that instead of rejecting that, that's when you can truly grow. Um, but if you want to uh, grow but keep things the same way as they are, that's, that's impossible. And it's a lot of times it's those mom and pop businesses that have been there for decades. Mm -hmm. It's like they have all the power in those towns and, you know, I guess... Like, if they want something to come in, they can make it happen. If they don't want something to come in, then it's, it's not going to happen. And I feel like a lot of times, like you said, those politics, things like that is what can hinder those businesses in the community from growing. That's very important. Yeah, you're right. And and then also having courageous leaders that are in those political seats, right? Mm -hmm. you got to stand on your own two feet. And um, when those mom and pop stores who've been here and have that generational wealth start breathing down your neck and say, no, we want it to stay this way, you got to stand on your own two feet and say, hey, the world is changing. We have a generation behind us that's depending on us. We have to leave this world a better place than what we found it. So it's 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 the politics. When I say take the politics out of it, I mean people that are in office and people that are out of office. We mm -hmm. need to look beyond ourselves and really embrace, you know, growth and embrace new ideas, embrace new people and understand that it's okay to change and evolve. We don't have to lose our core values and traditions. Um, but it is great to implement a little bit of the new new with the old old Absolutely. in order to keep these kids here and investing in new businesses and in new organizations that will engage these kids and allow them to be active, um, embracing a digital age, you know, uh, because this used to be a big farming place. And then, you know, we had like the sewing plants and whatnot. And now there's really not anything. We have big industry that's leaving. And so you're not going to attract those things unless you're engaging these kids and, and getting the educational scores up so that we can have big industry come in. But I'm a big proponent of, because I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur, is letting people be creative, you know, opening up a space and letting people create right. and, and letting them create these new businesses and these new ideas and see where we go from there. Absolutely. I, I feel like that's we definitely need something like a creative space for the youth. Yeah. Um, give them something. Give them something to do, like. After school or on the weekends, they need somewhere that they can go mm -hmm. um, instead of, you know, actually having them out in the streets and, you know, getting into whatever it is. The youth, they definitely need something to where um, they can be creative. Because I, I feel like the space that we're in now, is, it's all about the creatives. I, I don't is. feel like it's like a necessarily a, uh, what's the word I'm, I'm trying to think of, like a... Uh, uh, a gatekeeper right i don't feel like it's like that anymore now i, I just feel like the creatives with so many outlets that you can go to now it's, it's just the the youth they have so many ways that um like you even say we're on youtube um yeah what what's the kid the kid ryan is making millions yeah millions yeah, of dollars millions just of on dollars. youtube playing with toys and playing my kids they love to watch and i'm like man it's it's crazy that, yeah. like who would have thought you know when I was in school, you never would have thought anybody would just um, be on YouTube making millions of dollars. But that's the way it is now. When just just creating all kind of content, you mm -hmm. can make a lot of money that way. So we definitely need something like that, like a creative space for the youth. I think so. And I think, um, you know, me being a part of uh, the government now, I think I have to be aggressive and working with other people and finding funding that we can bring back and pour into these organizations that allow the youth to explore their creativity and their imagination. Because, I mean, again, we're setting it up for them. Uh, you know, 
Um, they're the ones that's going to come open up the clothing stores or the coffee shops or the bookstores or the gaming centers that are really, uh, you know, popular that's right huge. now. You know, they're the ones that's going to come open up the um, bowling alley and the, and, the, and, the, and the film, the movie theater, things that we lack here that could generate a lot of revenue um, that a lot of people my age, I'm 40, I'll be 47 in March, may not be readily, um, you know, ready to get into. But these young people, we set them up right and we generate that income and we generate that mindset that you can do it and we let them know that we're truly behind them. That's how we're going to get our youth to stay and revive it. Because we have a hospital, we have a technical college where they can go for free. So we have to have some type of hope and inspiration uh, to, to, to give to them. And, you know, some type of game plan where they can feel like it's not a dead end. Like when I graduate this trade school or, or when I, if I don't go to trade school, if I come out of high school, there's a building here. I can come open up and launch my business. And I know that the town and the county, they're going to be right there be my partners to help me and guide me through and you know because that generates more revenue and then not only that their friends see it oh right. my god you know hypothetically look at tony what tony's doing you know straight from high school and he's making six figures and that's that's not unrealistic right. you've got young people as we said the young guy making billions millions of dollars playing with toys that's all he does and it's like like you said we we have to I don't want them to feel like they have to leave after, yeah. after graduating. But the other th- key thing, like you said earlier, was just supporting them as well. Yeah. It's like a lot of times, it's, I don't know why it's like this, but it's weird that sometimes, like, I guess maybe they don't want to support you because they, they feel like they already know you. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, I know him. He's from where I'm from. So we're not going to support him. And it's like sometimes those people that they don't even know you from a can of paint, those complete strangers yeah. are the ones that... They show the most support, and it's and it's crazy. I don't I don't for some reason I just don't understand that. Like, why do we support people that we don't know? Even we we do it with music, like yes. celebrities. We don't know them, never seen them a day in our life, only on TV or we should go to a concert. We'll support them, but the people that are locally in our communities, um, we won't we won't give them ten dollars or whatever it is, is to, it? to support them. This for some reason I just don't understand that. I don't, I don't understand that either. That's a culture that we need to break. Um, I seen somebody post one time on social media about, uh, you know, support your local businesses because they're the ones that sponsoring your kids' sports, uh, athletic teams are the ones that sponsoring, you know, everything that you have going on. It's not Amazon. Right. You know, it's not these big corporations, uh, the Apple and um, and all these other corporations. It's the local people right here. And truth be told, some of them may not even have it, right? Because some of them are probably just breaking even, but mm-hmm. because they love their community, they support. And so, you know, I've been saying vocally, listen, your support doesn't have to come uh, in money form. If you see somebody on social media and it's a business and you know they supported you, share their sure. posts, like their posts, refer them to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and then eventually that will turn into the energy of money. But, uh, you know, I don't know. It's a culture that I wish that we could just, you know, crush because we definitely need the support. It's, it's almost like it's kind of like been ingrained in us. But and honestly, I can I can say this, that a lot of times, like some of the some of the ways that I've come about with interviews will be from people, you know, sharing something and I happen to see it and I'm, I'll click on an article mm-hmm. and I'll look into it and, you know, I'll just reach out to this person. Hey, I seen this. Let them know where I seen it at. 
and just say, hey, would you be interested in coming on sharing your story? Just by people, you know, being willing to right. share somebody else's work. Um, but it, for some reason, we we just like you said, we have to get out of it, especially yeah. with our own people. Yeah, like we have to support each other and, and not just tear them down and not support them just because um, they're doing something we're doing or we right. already know them and we don't want to support. Them. We have to kind of break that mindset. You know what's so funny? I'll, I'll, say, I'll say two things, and I'm gonna get off that. Um, I I did an interview with the lady uh, Marilyn Hemingway, and. Um, Someone on the interview said, and it might have been me, I can't remember, said crabs in the bucket. And she gave me a whole different perspective on that. She said, yeah, but who put the crabs in the bucket? Mm. Ooh, and I said, ooh. Mm. ooh. So when you said ingrained in us, that kind of took me back to that. Like, mm. who put us there to think right. like that, you know? And I was like, wow, that's deep. But um, with me saying that, I forgot my other train of thought. I was going to go there, but I think I just, you know, who put the crabs in the bucket? You know, That's so true. Um, <laughs> I gotta tell you, I, this book that I received from um, Dr. Lakeisha Hallman, mm-hmm. um, she owns the Village Market in Atlanta, and uh, it's called the Daily uh, Mo- Daily Motivation for Af- African American Success. And it was a story in there that I read, and it was um, it's about two two owners, two store owners. Um, they had two businesses right across the street from mm-hmm. each other. And one day, uh, God sent an angel to come to one of the store owners, and he, he told the owner, he said, hey, God sent me, the angel said, God sent me here to, um, to uh, tell, you, tell you something. He said, I will, he said that whatever you wish, um, you can have anything you want, just know the owner across the street from you will have double whatever you have. Mm. So if you want X amount of wealth, he's going to have double. If you want a healthier lifestyle, you want to live longer, he's going to live twice as long. Mm-hmm. So the owner, once the owner heard that, heard what the angel told him, he looked at him and said, you know what? Strike me blind in one eye. So meaning that if he got struck blind in one eye, the owner across the street we'll would, would be wow. blind, completely blind. And it's like that mindset. Wow. So it was just like, man, that, that gave me chills. I was like, man. If people really like this wow. just because somebody may have more than us like we won't we won't we don't want to support them just because we don't want to see them get ahead of us yeah. like so it's just like we like absolutely have to kind of get out of that mindset we do and i'm all about you know supporting well my thing too is that if we support each other right that's less weight on me like like my sister and I, we talk about this all the time it's like six of us my mom had six kids and we like the more of us that are successful that's less weight on one person having to carry the whole family financially. You see right. what I'm saying? So imagine if we applied that to our community. If we have more people successful, more people joyful, there would be less crime. Uh, there would be less poverty. You know what I'm saying? There would be less suicide, less depression. So my, that's my whole thing is I'm trying to inspire and impact as many people as I can because ultimately that makes the world better. And Absolutely. I live here in this world. Absolutely. <laughs> and I want you, to, want you to touch on this as well. It's because, you know... When we a lot of times we talk about black business. I always make sure to, to let people know that just because we we were pro black and we want to support black business, that doesn't mean that we're anti white and like we don't support Correct. white business as well. It's just like we definitely need to do that as well. But do you sometimes get that where people may think that you know she she's only share she may only share or support a black owned business that, that she doesn't care about uh, white people or she's racist or something? Do you do you feel like sometimes because where pro-black people may take that the wrong way? Um, I think so sometimes. And I, and I would be lying to you if I tell you it didn't bother me at some point in time. Mm-hmm. But then I just had to accept the fact that the reality of it is that there are more opportunities for people who don't look like us. Absolutely. So many opportunities. And I realize 
um, the influence that God has given me. No, I don't have multi-millions of followers, but I do have an influence. And so I know that what I say about a business, if I really like it or whatnot, people are going to take it to heart and they're going to patronize them. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I just had to say, listen, um, oh, well, I'm not racist. Um, I've supported businesses that were non-black all my life, pretty much, you know, all my life. Because, again, it was groomed that black businesses were subpar. And if you wanted something done right, you had to go to somebody that did not look black. And so once I realized that that was a lie, right, um, I realized, man, because of that lie that's been perpetuated for years and years and years, so many black business owners, and because I'm a black business owner as well, um, we've lost out. Because I know how in the theater world, people think that because I'm a black owned company that my work is subpar and I can go toe to toe with anybody. You know, so I Mm -hmm. felt like a great responsibility to promote and share great black business owners. And so at, at this point in my life, it doesn't bother me anymore if someone thinks that I am um, racist because I'm sharing black business owners. Because at that point, I'm saying you really don't know me. You really and truly don't know me. I'm just trying to help brothers and sisters get a leg up because really we we, we started at the bottom and we still close to the bottom. Let's just be real about it. So in order for us to rise, we got to join hands and support those that are doing an exceptional job. Absolutely. And I want you to touch on something else that we we spoke about the last time as well. Mm -hmm. Um, When I brought up the quote, I saw you posted where you said, um, Black business doesn't mean cheap or free. Right. I want you to touch on that again because that, <laughs> that was so important because a lot of times we do try to say, hey, can you, can you look out for me? Can you get this for me for, for the low or whatnot? And a lot of times we don't want to pay full price. But like you right. said, if we go to Walmart or any of those major stores, uh, corporate Target or any of those businesses right. like that, we whatever's, whatever's on the price tag, we'll go ahead and pay it. And it's just Unless like, there's a coupon. But listen, mm-hmm. but that's because a store issued the coupon, right? Mm-hmm. It's not because you asked, will you please create a coupon for me? Exactly. That's true. They created it for you. And I, I really hate it. And because I hate it, I don't do it to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like for people to come and ask me for discounted prices. If I didn't offer you a coupon, then that means that there is no discounted prices. Right. Because my services are not discounted. They're excellent services. And if I mess up, I'm please believe I'm trying to fix it you know, overcompensate for the mix up or the mess up that we did. Um, When I'm hiring contractors, I never negotiate their prices. Mm -hmm. I just simply tell them I'm taking bids. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And whatever their price is, that's their price. And because I'm, I put myself in their shoes. If someone's coming to me and saying, Sue, you know, I want you to do this, this, and this. And I said, okay, well, this is my price, $2,500. I don't want them to come back and try to nickel and dime me and be like, well, can you do it for $1,500? No. Because if you need brakes on your car and, and you need the rotors and you need it mounted and your tires mounted and balanced and the price is five hundred, you're gonna pay that because that's what you need. Absolutely. You're not you're not talking to the mechanic and saying, Can you give it to me for two fifty? Come on, five twenty five? I mean, you know Exactly you pay what you, Right, you pay what's pay. required. So I think um if anything, you know, you should be tipping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because and um because great service is so rare now, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like when I go and I get food or when I go and I buy an item and I come across somebody that's really, really great customer service or the product and the service is really great, I'm like, believe it or not, I'm tipping them. And if they can't accept a monetary uh tip, I'm telling them, listen, your professionalism is amazing. Absolutely. Um thank you so much for being so courteous and whatnot. But yeah, I hate it. 
I, and, it's, I and it's almost an insult when, yeah. you, when you think about it because it's kind of it can be hurtful because it's like you you put so much time and effort into your craft or whatever it is that you're mm-hmm. doing and then for somebody to say hey this is what this is what mm-hmm. I got can you can you look out for me stuff so it's almost like a it's like you don't realize how much time and effort like you said I, I try to do the same thing I do the same thing where when somebody um, had something I, I tried to pay for, even one of my best friends, when he started his car wash, mm-hmm. um, definitely made sure I went and tipped him. Just, I, went, I think I went the first or the second day that he was open, and I just wanted to go out there and show support because right. it's, it's so hard. And, and, I, and I hate trying – I even hate saying, like, a small business. Because, right. because when you – for me, anybody has a business. It's nothing small about having a nothing. business. Like, it's – to me, it's harder than working a, a nine to five because you have so much on your plate. So I, I try my best not to say like a small business owner because it's nothing small about having a business because you, you just have so many responsibilities. And then people who come to you looking for employment, like then they're looking for you for their livelihood. Like their livelihood is dependent on you. So it's just like we really have to be mindful of like the, not trying to get discounts from our own people. Right. If Like I said, Tip them, refer them. Mm-hmm. And if you refer me enough people and I want to give you a discount, then that's cool. Right. But but think about this. And I always think about this because um, I had to check myself. I'm like, well, man, I refer a lot of people. Maybe, you know, they should give me, a, you know, something. And I had to check myself mm-hmm. because I'm just like, well, when you go out and eat at different places, are you not referring that restaurant when you tag that restaurant and say that their, their food is good? Yeah, that's true. Are they giving you a that's discount a because you're Very referring cool. them? But we do that, and we're not thinking about these mm-hmm. things. We'll go buy a product, you know, from X, Y, and Z, and we're like, oh, this is the best product since light bread. Nobody's giving you anything for promoting their product. Nope, not at all. So why should you think that somebody who is close to you or around you or may not have a, you know, multi-million dollar operation should just give you discounts or give you referral fees? If they don't offer it, they don't offer it. And also just... um Bad mouthing our own business, our own yeah. people. Sometimes you may have a bad experience there, but it, I mean, just try to give them another chance or something. Yeah. But, but a lot of times, when you say negative things about a business, it's like the negative things get around a lot quicker than, than those positive things. Like you can have all these people saying this is a great business, but then that one person they said something negative, and it's like that one it's sticks. Over. Yeah, and it's like it just kills their business. It's like we have to give our own people. Um, chances, give mm-hmm. them an opportunity. Like if the quality is not where it's, where it needs to be, maybe they're working on it, but just don't badmouth them and tell them that. Because a lot of times, like it's, it's already hard, like you were saying, for for black-owned businesses to survive. But then yeah. when we go in and, and we badmouth our own businesses and our own people, that makes it even harder for them to, to survive. And even in the world of social media, and this is something I don't think people think about, but I think about everything because it's harder for us to go into a bank and get a business loan. You know, mm-hmm. Forget a business loan, a loan, period. And so if you're out bashing what somebody's doing, don't think that there aren't corporate executives or people that work at these these banking industries that are not looking at social media. And they may be saying, well, you know, there's people talking bad about it. I don't think we would, you know, maybe we shouldn't loan them money or Mm -hmm. something like that because it's probably not going to survive. So we got to think about that as well. And I've had bad experiences at places. And I've given them second and third chances. And this is is anywhere, not just black businesses, anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I don't publicly badmouth them because I'm just like, the way to show that I don't agree with it is not to go back. (laughs) (laughs) I just won't patronize there anymore. And my thing is, that's my experience. That doesn't mean, Carlos, that you're going to experience that. You know what I'm saying? You might think it's the best thing. 
mm-hmm. know, that, that was ever created. But for me, it's not. So I'm just not going to go there. Absolutely. You know? But, and like I said, I, I, that's one thing I don't do as well. I don't go on social media mm-hmm. and, you know, put my business out there. I'm not going to tell anything about, like, a negative experience. Um, if somebody close to me asks me how it was something, then I might tell them, like, for me, yeah. it wasn't the best. But just to go online and, and bash, because I wouldn't want anybody to do that to Correct. me. Um, I don't want them to go out and badmouth me and bash what, what we're trying to build um, because that, that stuff does hurt a lot of people, and it is hurtful. And, and you don't want those people to do the same thing to you. So, Correct. And that stuff does. Um, it can shut you down. Absolutely. <laughs> it can it's, shut you down figuratively and literally. Absolutely. I want, I want to ask you about um, the plays. Are you, are you still able to write plays with, with everything going on? Have you been able to do any production? I uh, can't do any productions right now. I mean, there are people that are doing productions virtually, but that's just not my vibe. Right. You know, I just, that's not my, that's, 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 that's killing my vibe, like right. Kendrick Lamar would say. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I got to, I got to be on the yeah, stage. I, I just hate the virtual. Yeah. I, I, I hope we don't get to that point where people are just so used to, you know, not even, uh, I guess, the Wanting to leave the house again, yeah. It's it's crazy. That's why, for me, I was like, I don't care. Like, I like moving around and traveling Mm -hmm. and and doing this because I I like those. You don't get the same feel. The energy's different. Yeah, it's not the same. It's just like, okay, click, that's it. I I like being able to, you know, take time and build these relationships with people. I I just hope we don't get to that point where people just get so used to doing virtual. I, I don't think we will. I think people are so antsy to get back out, you know, and I think, and that's one of the great things I think that's going to happen with theater. I think we're going to be booming. I really feel that. And so I have been, when I can, writing, continuing to write different plays and uh, different short films and things of that nature so that when we do open back up, but in the interim, one of the things that I want to shift towards is starting to shoot like one and two minute films just so I can keep the company out there and show that we're doing something, you mm-hmm. know, but also still adhere to the COVID, you know, regulations and, and things of that nature. But, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the day that we're back in the theater and uh, we got a live audience and we're vibing off that energy. And so I got the stories ready. So when the doors are open, we right there. How, how do you think going forward that, this is going to impact businesses overall. Like I'm, I'm trying. I'm not trying. I'm trying not to say small businesses, but mm-hmm. like the local businesses that are, you know, they were kind of some of them were maybe barely making it through mm-hmm. already. Like, how do you think it's going to affect those businesses going forward? I think, like for me, because I haven't been able to do anything here um, I, for a long time. The governor had studios shut down and theaters mm-hmm. shut down, so my doors weren't even open. And when he did say, uh, you know, we can open back up. Um, people were still kind of afraid to come out because we did a class here and people were afraid to come out. So what it taught me was people may not be willing to come out for a class, mm-hmm. right? There, That means I had to shift and I had to shift to virtual classes, which then I was able to accommodate a lot more people because they didn't have to travel physically to King Street, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I think businesses are gonna have to do, which a lot of them have done already in order to survive, is shift and realize you do have to have more of a virtual presence. You need your website. You need to have a social media presence. Uh, you cannot just re- rely on brick and mortar. It's just not going to cut the mustard. And this is something that I have been saying for years, That and a lot of businesses were just would not do it. They And I'm just like, if you just simply rely on your brick and mortar business and not advertise and not use these free platforms that are out there, eventually you're going to dry up. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to get online and, and, and whatnot. So for me, we had to shift our educational curriculum 
to online, which it worked out because we were able to accommodate people from all across the world. Um, but I do believe that when the vaccination is issued and COVID is no longer a thing, I really do believe people are so antsy to get back into the theater, not just for stage plays, but also to see movies. I really think mm -hmm. that people in that industry are actually going to be okay. And then I think what's caused us to another, another pivot is the streaming is to yeah, start recording more and more of your stuff because um, people are comfortable at home, but people still are going to want to go out at least one night of that week for dinner and for some type of entertainment. Absolutely. And that, that was, you know, that's one thing I worried about, you know, with the industry you're in, maybe would, would that be one of the ones, you know, I guess maybe at the beginning people may still be hesitant a little bit because mm -hmm. They want to make sure they're in the clear first, mm -hmm. and then when they come back, because it's like I think it was, I think it was AMC and some other theaters. They may not come back after right. everything because of what happens. Like, are people really going to try to go to these theaters or whatever? Like, or, or is it going to look more like like everything has to be digital? Like, you have to stream like plays and movies. I think that there. will go for a while. I do, but I think it's just. Because we're in a digital age, people like to stream, they like to be at home. I mean, yeah. Netflix and chill. I mean, right. that became a phrase, you know, and I think that that's still going to go. But I think that people are still going to want that one night. I mean, because look at it right now. Uh, my son, he lives in California. He told me, like, everything was shut down, right? Mm. South Carolina is not that way. People are eating out every freaking yeah. day. Because they're tired of being in the That's house. True. They want to get out. So when I look at that, and I'm like, wow, the virus, the numbers are going up, up, up. But people are going out, 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 That's even true. more so, you know. I'm just like, yeah, it's just a matter of time to where they're going to be right back in the theaters. Mm -hmm. Um now, don't get it twisted. There's still going to be a large uh, number that's going to watch online. So what I have to do now is I have to make sure I'm in a position to, especially in this rural town, people have nothing else to do. So guess what? When you throw an event, they're going to come. Mm -hmm. So I have to be in a position to where when it's safe and we're able to throw a physical live event, be ready to go for it because I really feel like it's going to sell out. But I also have to be ready to have my stuff streamed. So when I'm doing this physical live event, make sure I, I get a great recording so that we can also stream it across the world. Mm -hmm. I, I was going to say, when we were in uh, Chattanooga and uh, Jacksonville, people, like you saying, when people wanted to be out, like, mm -hmm. no mask, they would just, yeah. like, they, like, people don't want you to tell them what to do already. No. So it was, it was just so many people that were out just trying to have a good time. Um, and, and I'm right there. I mean, I guess you still have to take necessary precautions. And you don't want to get, we don't want anybody to get sick. But, but do you think, you think streaming is gonna be bigger? Do you anticipate it being bigger than just like the, like actual going to the plays or anything? Like, do you anticipate probably, I guess, I guess profiting more off streaming going forward instead of like doing just regular stage plays where people come in? I don't, I don't know. For me, I don't think so. Because look how we talk about the being with people. It's just like going to a concert. Now, I love the verses. You know, I right, love being yeah. able to sit in my house. And it's funny because you get to read the comments. The comments are hilarious. <laughs> the comments are hilarious. That's what makes the oh, show, yeah. right? <laughs> All the time. All the time. I mean, that's hilarious. But there's nothing like being in a venue and hearing that live music right. and feeling it penetrate your inner being. So mm -hmm. I just really don't think that it's going to take away from it. Because when we go back and we look at Rome and how they had the cathedrals, uh, the outdoor exhibitions, you know, it was just like 
people love coming to a place where they can congregate and watch a thing. Um, even when it comes to basketball and the football, the season was off. It was. It was completely. And I don't even go to the games, but I watch them. But it felt off because the fans weren't it there. It was insane. Yeah. So I just feel like when it comes to entertainment and, 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 and eateries and, and things like that, um, it's still going to happen. Yes, streaming is going to increase uh, substantially, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's going to cancel out live entertainment. Right. I, really I, don't. I, I used to love when I when my internship before I graduated. It was it was nothing like you know going to the games because mm-hmm. like, you cover the Hornets and the Panthers. Like it was nothing like you know being in that environment and getting to see those guys like that you grew up watching on TV and then you like sitting right there in front of them and in the locker room with them and you asking them questions like man it's crazy to yeah. you know just be there and then see how the fans get um see how the uh the staff they get the fans interact and put them on the jumbotron and have them dancing and winning prizes it's like those those are some of the, some of the favorite things that I enjoy the most about yeah. it, those kind of things it's like we we can't get away from that um yeah. i just streaming I can't create that you can't duplicate that yeah. through streaming you just don't you just don't get that feeling yeah. that, like you say that energy and that and emotion i mean yeah we can go watch movies but for 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 a vast majority of people that love that energy the live venues the live events are not going to go away absolutely yeah just a few more questions and then we'll get ready to wrap it up what what did you? What would you say for you? I love to ask people this: like, is the biggest lesson that you learned from the po- pandemic? Um, biggest lesson. Oh, that's that's a great question. Biggest lesson I learned from the pandemic is that um, I I, I want to say I, I guess I have to rug it. I guess I have to. Wow, that's that's deep, Carlos. Uh, I would say the biggest lesson I learned from the pandemic is um, almost being self-sufficient, having a group of people that you can rely on because the pandemic almost like regulated you to your home, and it was yeah. like you. That's it. And it was like if you and the people in your home didn't like each other or couldn't support each other, you weren't gonna make it. So mm-hmm. it. it um, it's one of those things about being prepared, because the toilet tissue scandal, scandal, you know, that was crazy, <laughs> and I still don't understand that. And I, I really, I will never understand that. What does that have to do with anything? Exactly. Like, just forget about food anyway. <laughs> just get the toilet get tissue. Toilet paper. Like, what was? I didn't understand. It's, it's just like really when it snows around here, first thing people do is go to the store and they get milk and bread. Yes. Like, I, I for some reason, I just like man. It's, as humans, sometimes we do some of the strangest things. Like, I just didn't understand, like, why was everybody rushing to get toilet paper? Like, I, I will never understand it to this day. Toilet paper and then paper towels. So I think it was one of those things is, um, you know, simple phrase that's been very popular. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Mm-hmm. Um, learn to be self-sufficient. Grow your own food. Um, be able to, you know, have ammunition. Have weapons. Um, have medicine. And just know how to live off the earth. Absolutely. Because of the because of the government and really people and I always say this people don't realize the government doesn't have power we the people have the power but uh, we let the government shut us down and regulate us to our homes you mm-hmm. know and so it really if you're not self sufficient and being able to sustain yourself with the things that you have in your home that's when you start to go crazy and then that's when you start to uh, want to just act a fool and say no we're not we're not going to take it absolutely so. i think that was just so important what you said that's something i realized also just just you know just being an entrepreneur is 
like overall people we don't really realize how much power we really have mm -hmm. like we we just don't understand like the power and the influence that we really have like i said we will i guess we just let uh the government or whatever like the things in life just dictate what what's going to happen to Correct. us we need to understand like how much power and influence that we really have and and we put our mind to it and support each other like we can we have everything that we need to survive and, and thrive in life you know and i'm glad you said that because as you were saying that i was thinking another important thing i learned is that we have power to turn off the television because one of the important things i learned during COVID is that the media if I allowed it, was going to drive me crazy. It was going to cause me to live in fear. Mm -hmm. And so I had to realize, you know what? These people can't dictate my life. They don't get to tell me how to think and how to feel and what to believe. And I'm like, I need peace. And all you talk about is COVID, 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 COVID. There's other things that are going on that are great in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, so I had to learn to turn the TV off, you know, get to yourself. And focus on on myself and bettering myself. And I actually started back reading a whole lot because I had been so mm -hmm. consumed with other things, I had gotten away from reading and meditating. So mm -hmm. I was able to get back to that because I was tired of media. So just not let media instill fear in me. Right. The media had oh, it's awful for me. Yeah. I, I don't really pay attention to the news anyway. Of course, I, I you want to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Pay attention, but yeah, but not, just watching it twenty four seven. Correct for me, I, I can't do it. It's like you still have to live because if you watch it, all, the only thing you're gonna do is just stay in the house, and and that's it. But you still have to think everybody's terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody's a racist. Uh, everybody's a capitalist. They're greedy. They don't mm -hmm. care. But you know, it's so funny though. I don't really watch the news that much, but because now I'm in this office, I, I try to keep up with certain things. So I try watching the news for like a day straight. You notice what I, I'm gonna tell you? What I notice. It was like rerun. It was like boom. They would talk about this, da 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 da. Then they would come back, circle back, and talk about it in that order. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh my god, they do this all day long, the and same. Watching. And I'm like, who, who in their right mind can sit in front of a tube and be programmed like that? Mm -hmm. My my teacher, the, the one of the biggest things that I learned in my my final semester at Upstate um, in my media class, uh, broadcast class, my teacher. He told us, he said, if it bleeds, it leads. Mm -hmm. So meaning that anything that's negative is always going to be at the front of the news. That's and that, true. And that's really how it, it sells. is. Yep. That's all it's about is just putting those negative stories out there. And like you said, it's, it's really not that bad. I, like when we, when we were traveling and, you know, we're just going to different places and just going to eat and mm -hmm. just interacting with people in outside, like in Florida and Tennessee. It's like, it's really not that bad. Of course, anywhere you go, it's going to be. Uh, bad negative people anywhere right. you go, but it's like it's it's really not that bad. Really like isn't. like how the news portrays it be. It's like they make it seem like it's the end of the world. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be really transparent. I know we on Facebook, and I'm gonna just share this with you. It's so funny you said that because the news the news when I was watching it, like I said, I don't watch a lot, but it would have you thinking that everybody's racist and that everybody's yep. hateful, right? And then it also had me questioning myself. And it was one day I went out, and all of a sudden, this white gentleman just struck up conversation with me, nice as could be, and da da da, da. And I was like, wow. But if I believed everything on the news, this would not be happening right, right now. This is not natural, you know? And I was just like, yo. And I just wish that everybody had that level of maturity and that level of awareness to understand that everything that you see on the news is not happening everywhere. Yeah, it may be happening where they're reporting, but it's not everywhere. There's not hate everywhere. There's not poverty everywhere. There's not lack everywhere. 
And so if you sit there and that's what you focus on and that's what you bring into your life. And so, uh, you know, whatever, wherever energy goes, you know, that's Mm -hmm. what you, that's what's going to grow in your life. Absolutely. I want to ask you this. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there anything looking back that you think you would do differently on your journey? And and what made me ask this question is because it's it's weird. I just had this conversation yesterday. It's a young lady we work with. She's only, uh, she's 19 years old. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm I'm 28 and she's 19. So I was just looking at her like, dang, you could be my son. Yeah, I was like, you you know, I was like, (laughs) If I was your, I'm talking to her like, if I was your age, I would be doing this. And I'm like, man, I'm really not that much older than her. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy. Like, I'll, I mean, I'll be 29 in March. But it's just like, man, I'm, I'm looking back now. I'm like, what was I doing? What was I thinking when I was that age? And like, she's 19. But I'm telling her like, man, if I was you, I would be doing this differently. Mm-hmm. So it, it's weird to to feel like that. But I just want to ask you, like, if, if, you, if, if you could go back and do anything different, what, what, would, what would you say it would be that you would change? Nothing. That's been my answer for years. I went and changed nothing. And that's not egotistical. Even the bad things that happened to me, bro, I wouldn't go and change it. I wouldn't because I had to go through that. I had Mm -hmm. to experience that. Some of them I experienced three, four, five times before I learned the lesson. (laughs) (laughs) But I went and changed it because it's shaped who I am. And and I just really believe that that was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And it may not... As many times, but I just didn't get the lesson the first two, three times. But I wouldn't change anything. Right. Um, and I have no regrets. Absolutely. It's just, for me, I was just like, dang, man. Like, And I, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like I was just terrible. Like, I was just doing crazy things. But it was just like, man, I just felt like looking back and like, this is one of the things I wish I would start earlier. Like, just investing in myself more. Even though I went to college and, mm-hmm. and I invested in myself that way, it was just like, man, it still was just so much that I didn't know about mm-hmm. and things that school doesn't teach you. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, man, I wish I would have, you know. But back then, you don't really realize it then. You don't. You're having fun. Yeah, you just have <laughs> and, that's, and that's what it was about. It was just really, for, for me, college, honestly, it was almost like just another four years. It just borrowed time for me to just right. have more fun for four more years. And it's like, man, even though I, I, I met some friends, some of my best friends there, I had an opportunity of a lifetime covering sports and everything. It's just like, man. I still was just like, dang, I wish it's still some things like I wish I would have, you know, invested more of myself and more of myself back then. I think for me, when I, if I go down that road, I'll start start to feel regret and it doesn't make me feel good. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So for me, like um uh like in two thousand six I had a bunch of real estate and because I didn't know the game and I mismanaged funds, um, I lost it all. Money, real estate, cars, houses, all that stuff, right? Mm. And for a while, when I was down in the valley, I used to be like, man, I wish I could change this. I wish I had known this. And I was like, but is this making me feel better by thinking like right. thinking that or feeling that? I'm like, this setting me back. So my mindset was I shifted it and I was like, man, when I get back there, right. I'm going to have double, triple, quadruple what I had before. And because for me... Um, sitting back and saying, man, if I could do things differently, it doesn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make me feel good at all. So I don't want to sit in that. I just move to right. how can I make this right? How and can it's, I- and it's, it's nothing that you can do about it. I mean, no. it's over and done with now. Mm-mm. But, you know, it's the best thing you do. Like you said, uh, that's part of what my, um, my book, title of my book, you know, is uh, F School, Life is Your Best Teacher. It's like life is your best teacher. It There's is. so many things that you're going to learn. Uh, just how to bounce back from things. How do you how do you handle adversity? It's just so many things that 
everything is not going to fall your way. Yeah. Um, you just got to learn how to maneuver and, and bounce back, which is this is also one of, another part of my question. And like as an entrepreneur, how how do you face uh, how do you deal with rejection as an entrepreneur? In the beginning, um, a lot of crying. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a lot of cuss words, you know. <laughs> uh, a lot of I can't believe what you and you know comparing myself to other people. You gonna get that person a shot, yeah. but you ain't gonna get what right. you, you don't know. <laughs> uh, now it's like okay, cool, because the yes is coming. Mm -hmm. um, now don't get it twisted. I won't say that the no doesn't hurt, but I don't allow myself to dwell on it because again, it doesn't make me feel good. And when I feel that when it doesn't make me feel good, it's lowering my vibration, and therefore I'm I'm limiting the great things that are on the way to me because I'm at a low vibration. So mm -hmm. I'm just like, yo, okay, dang, I really thought I was gonna get that one now. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna hurt for five minutes, and then I'm gonna be like back, something better get coming. Back up. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's yeah. one of the things. One of the things I always say is like, no, it's not what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. Because if, if you hear yes all the time, you don't know what to correct, it's and like, you become yeah. entitled. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, mm -hmm. no is the next opportunity. That's what absolutely. it stands for. One of the things that I, I remember hearing, um, I might be, I, I, I know I'm late on him listening to him, but I, I watched an interview with Bob Proctor, mm -hmm. and he said that um, as a he was just giving out advice for an entrepreneur, and the, the first thing he said is, get used to hearing um, being rejected. He said, it's just part of it, you know, everything is not going to fall your way. Um, you're going to hear no so many times, but it's a lot of times it's just that one yes that's, that's going to change everything. Yep. Forget everything. But you know what, too? I think that in hearing the no's, you build up that strength and you build up that wall to the point where sometimes you can turn that no into a yes. Because now you've heard it so much, it doesn't affect you. You'd be like, oh, no, no, no. Let me tell you why you should be doing the business mm -hmm. with me, blah, blah, blah. You know, before in the past when I would hear a no, I just, okay, go with my head down. Now I'm like, are you sure? Because this is blah, 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 blah. And after I laid it on the table and you still don't want it, okay, somebody else is going to um, reap the benefits. Absolutely. It's just, it's just it's part of being an entrepreneur. I think that's what... Causes a lot of people not to, you know, take a chance and bet on themselves. It's yeah. like you don't want to hear no. But for me, um, I, I heard no earlier this week, and I heard a couple of yeses, which is fine. But just doing interviews and everything. But for me, it's like, okay. Um, but like I always said, the one another thing that I always that sticks in my mind is I remember Steve, Steve Harvey um, speak to the audience, and he was like, "So what if the so what if they say no? It's like he's yeah. like it's not like you had it anyway, so it, it doesn't hurt." So it's like you just got to keep on moving. Ooh. So it's like you, you never had. So they never. So they didn't take it from you. It's yeah. like you never had. You it. never had it anyway. Wow. So that that's how I look at things. Like okay, well this person won't be able to come on. So okay, I mean I never never met him, never talked to him anyway. So wow. let's let's keep just keep on moving forward. Um, on my final uh, two questions though. Um, what what motivates Sue Ham today? Um, today the first person first thing came to mind was my grandson. It's so amazing. He spent the night with me last night, and I've never, he's about to be two in May. I've never been with someone who just wakes up with a smile. And it's amazing how God reminds you through a child of how precious life is. Because all throughout the day, he's smiling, just smiling. And I'm like, he has like the hum most humongous smile. And I always say, I hope you never lose that smile. I hope you never lose that smile. And it's like children. Uh, they don't have the pressures of the world on them. All they know to do is just wake up, live, Absolutely. be happy, explore, be curious, mm -hmm. you know. And so he inspires me, and I really want to set things in place for him and my, my younger son, who's about to be 12 soon, um, 
to not have it as rough as me, to maybe not, I'm not trying to bring them into a sense of entitlement, but I do want to give them a leg up to the point where they don't have to hear a thousand no's, you know, and, and, and have to wait 10 years to get started because they have a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. I want to set them up to where they have the capital and they have the education and they have the resources to go ahead and implement those ideas because the faster they can implement them, like you said, they could be so much further along and they could help so much more people. So that motivates me, just setting things in place for my, my grandson and my grandchildren. And um, just another thing that motivates me is being able to see something that people may consider as dead, um, but being able to touch it and give it life and people saying, oh my God. God, you know, it's kind of like how I showed you on my investment property, how the house, mm-hmm. when I bought it, you know, people were past that house sat on the market for over a year. And I'm sure people went by and was like, ah, that's, that's garbage. That's garbage. And what inspires me is being able to take garbage, what people perceive as garbage or, or an opportunity that people perceive as not an opportunity and turning it around. And now people are coming by that house and like, oh my God, it's the best thing on the block and da, 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 da. And the funny thing about it is, and I'm sure if I put it on that house on the market now, I can make. 50 grand off that house. Mm. But what inspires me is being able to see that opportunity, to see that diamond in the rough that other people don't. So um, my family, leaving generational uh, wealth, knowledge, and legacy, uh, being able to take something that is considered barren and actually give it life, that inspires me. And then my, my last and final question, um, we, we asked everybody this while we was on our tour. Um, I still consider this our tour, even though it carried over into this year, which is fine, but mm-hmm. it was a self-investment tour. So my final question is, what does self-investment mean to you? Um, exactly what it says. Um, if, if, if I was a gambling person, I would take all my money and put it on me. I would invest it in me because I know that I'm going to get the point, the return on investment is going to be infinite. Um, all my money, when, when, I, when I didn't have much of anything, I would take everything I had and throw it into my stage plays because I believed in that. I believe in the gift that God gave me and I believed in what I was creating. Um, when I didn't have but just a little bit of money, I would pay for the seminars. I would you know, fly to these places and, and lay on couches just to get that education because I knew that the return on investment was going to be great. So um, for me, all bets are on me. Self-investment is everything. If I have a million dollars and they were like, Sue, you want to go get that Escalade? You want to go travel the world? Uh, If getting that Escalade and traveling the world is not going to generate a return, some type of investment for me, it's not going to happen. I would much rather go pay a billionaire a million dollars and say, let me sit at your feet. You know, and learn everything that I can learn from you because I know that that million that I just invested in me. By sitting at his feet, I'm going to take it and I'm going to 10 exit. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it, that's what it's all about. You know, that, that's the best. It's honestly really the best investment you can make. The best. You know, investing yourself. You, like I said, you, you can give companies and all that. You can give all of them your time. But, like, why not invest that? Everything that you give them, why not invest that invest in Invest it in you. Oh, because my God. at the end of the day, it's like you all you have. You need to take care of yourself. Like you say, your health. Just educate yourself. Do any anything it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Just take that time and, and invest in yourself. And don't, like you saying, and, and also, like I said, when I read that book also, was uh, don't look at things as they are. Look at what they can potentially be. Yes. It's like, a lot of times we'll look at it like, well, this is, like you said, like this is nothing. But you can't look at it that way. No. Like, because you'll be amazed. Like, 
the things, what it could potentially be like. I knew with the podcast, like, you know, just starting out, I remember just sitting, I, I would sit in my dad's building by myself, and I would just, I never even told anybody this, but I remember just sitting in this building um, by myself, mm-hmm. and I would just record. And I, I never really liked hearing myself talk, but I would just take my laptop, um, cause I, because I kept hearing no so many times, so I would just take my laptop, go sit in this building and record. I went to the school to record it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I knew that wasn't it, though. Like I knew I could potentially do more. I, I knew it was going to turn into more with the experience that I had. So I just kept, kept going, kept chipping away at it. And then it came from just taking my laptop, just sitting different places. Now we ended up getting microphones yeah. and cameras. So it was just like more and more that we're adding on to. We, like I said, went on, flew on a plane for the first time. Yep. And it's just like you really have to invest in yourself and, and take that chance because you, if you don't, I mean, you... That's one thing you will end up regretting. Like, if you don't invest in yourself, you don't want to look back like, man, I wish when I was younger, looking back, I would have took that chance to, you know, do something that I really wanted to do. So it's all about that self-investment, which is key, like you were saying. You know, um, two things on that. Um, When you invest in yourself, other people will invest in you. Mm -hmm. You know, but if if you don't see yourself as valuable enough or worth the investment, how can other people see it? Uh, secondly, Gary V said he loves to talk to a lot of older people uh, in nursing homes. And he said one of the biggest things that they always say is their regret is, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard that, I was like, when I leave this world and I've, I've given my family instructions, y'all don't got to worry about saying, Sue, wish she had done this. Sue, wish she had done that. Because I'm going to have a, a funky good time in my life and I'm going to do everything I want to do. And, I, and I've given them instructions. Y'all better party hard. <laughs> you know that, that just made me think you know um like when we were talking about investing ourselves like and you don't want to look back you know um i was telling this lady at work though that i was like man I've, I've been here since like my junior year in college working at um at uh costco and uh and i was like man i, f- I was like i've been here eight years i feel like man, i feel like i just need to do something more but and one of the things and, I, and i'm pretty sure she didn't mean any harm but she was like well you know you know, it's going to be hard to find a job that, that doesn't give you these great benefits or, or pay as much as, and I'm like, that's not, that's, it's not about the money. It's not about the benefits. Like, what what, what am I going to do that's making me grow and what what makes me feel fulfilling? But what a sets lot of your time, soul on fire. Exactly. And a lot of times that, and and, I, and when she said that, that's the first thing, I'm like, I don't, it's not about the money, but you know, a lot of times that was, that's what keeps us in a lot of places of where we are is like the money or like the benefits, like we don't we don't want to mess that up. But sometimes change, change is good. Sometimes you got to sacrifice, dude. When I lost all those properties and stuff, right? I could have gone back out and gotten a job and, and rebounded, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to try my hand in entertainment because that's mm-hmm. my love. And so when I say sacrifice, I'm talking about moving from a three thousand square foot home to a thousand square foot home. I'm talking about having to borrow vehicles to drive. I'm talking about if I found $5 in my pocket, I was happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm talking about negative $500 in the checking account. So, but I realized, I was like, okay, you know, having loads of money and being unhappy, mm-mm, not going to work. I want to leave this world with no regrets and I'm willing to sacrifice for a little bit in order to live the life that I want for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Yeah. Before we get out of here, I, I want to let you, um, to everybody um, listening that's tuning into this podcast episode, um, can you can you just leave everybody with like a word of encouragement for all entrepreneurs or anybody that's trying to figure out what they want to do? What advice would you give them? The thing that I would say to you is 
Don't worry about what other people care, what other people mm. say. I think that's where we stop ourselves, is that we put too much stock into what other people think, say, and do. To thine own self be true, simple phrase, but Lord, if we just live by it, we will be much happier. So do what floats your boat, do what sets your soul on fire. If you got to sacrifice, if you got to move back into your mom and dad house for five, ten years in order to get that dream off the ground, don't worry about what your neighbors are going to say or, or how far in advance people that you went to school with, where they're at. Because nine out of ten, they're not happy. Mm-hmm. They're just doing what, what society said they should do, which is go to school and get a good job. Absolutely. All right? But then they die unhappy. So don't be afraid to sacrifice. Understand that most great things don't happen overnight. You're going to have to toil with it. Um, Don't be afraid to invest in your craft. That is the most important thing. Don't be afraid to ask for help. If you see somebody in your community that is doing that thing which you want to be a part of, do not let pride get in your way. Ask them how you can serve them. Don't just try to take. Ask them how you can help them so that they can mentor you and, and you can then get that knowledge you need to better yourself. Absolutely. And that was a perfect way to end this interview. So, Andy, I want to thank you again. Like I said, it was so good to see you again. I mean, it, it's been way too long. Yes. I, I enjoyed it. it um, you're just one of those people, like, I don't even mind traveling for. I love, you know, going to face-to-face interaction with our people, everybody that joins us. But, like, I really enjoy um, coming down here. It's been Thanks, a pleasure. Um, like, just I love your energy on social media. <laughs> Um, you always keep me entertained, um, keep me energized. You you actually motivate me as well, you know, wow. keep on going because your words mean a lot. Um, and we definitely need you on social media. Um, anybody that's watching this, please make sure you follow her because she definitely encourage you. She will encourage you. She will educate you. Um, before we get out of here, can you t- please tell everybody how to find you on social media as well? Absolutely. Thanks again for this interview. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Um, you guys, uh, you can find me on social media by going to my website, suham.com, S-U-E-H-A-M.com. It's got all the social media links there, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Just go to suham.com. Absolutely. And before we get out of here, also, we want to tell everybody, if you missed this interview live, make sure you go back and find it on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and also on my website, carloskaysmith.com, and on YouTube. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Until um, next time, keep chasing your dreams. This is the 2021 part of the Self-Investment Tour, the Cross the Line Podcast. Till next time, keep chasing your dreams, and thank you for listening.